I am your legacy newbie. With me today, I have Mr. Jerry B. What's going on, Jerry? Not much. Pat, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We have a special guest today as well, Jerry. Did I tell you? We do. We do. We have uh, our friend, Kate Donnelly. How you doing, Kate? Good. How you doing, guys? I'm doing well. Awesome. Now that you're here. Aww. I feel I'm like I'm officially to... a more regular uh, person on this cast than Adrian. Oh, for sure, yeah. For sure. <laughs> but I, I would say so. Also, uh, you're pulling ahead of the one and only Aaron, so you can lord that over him from now on. Oh, that is very true. I'll have to... <laughs> the, more, the more favorite guests. <laughs> it's true. Everyone does like me more, but we knew that already. That yeah, wasn't... that's true. That's true. <laughs> so, so this week we are going to talk about Kate's article. That's probably going to be the majority of what we talk about. But first... Uh, let's do a little weekly recap. Jerry, did you play any Legacies since we last talked on Thursday? Oh, Thursday? <laughs> uh, no, I did not, considering we've just had nonstop snowstorms uh, up here, so I have not made it to any shops, because I've been snowed in. Yeah, it's been awesome, actually. Just being being stuck inside? Oh, yeah, I love it. I yeah, love I mean, my I... drive to work in this weather. It's That's really my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> I still have to go to work. I just can't really do anything after the fact, so I just have the worst of both worlds. I uh, I have normally about a half an hour commute, and last night it, it took me over an hour to get home. Jeez. I was not happy. I was grateful for all-wheel drive and did have a good laugh when I got back to Worcester and got stuck behind a DPW pickup truck that couldn't get any traction <laughs> uh, and was stuck in the middle of the road. Felt that was some nice irony there. Uh, anybody not from this area would know Worcester sucks at plowing. <laughs> <laughs> then again, yeah. you can't suck at something you don't do. Worcester is also a death trap in the winter because every road in Worcester seems like it's on a 45 degree angle. Oh, 100%. The first time I came here, I was joking with someone that I was in Minas Tirith. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just like, and they do call this the city of seven hills. Like, it's scary and awful. I remember driving when I went to college in Worcester and just like in my car side sliding sideways down a hill. One of the most terrifying moments of my life. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, where Aaron and I live, it's a bunch of private roads. And for a while, ours in the winter, you, you just couldn't drive on it at all. So I would have to go up the next road down and then loop around to get to our house. And uh, there's a really steep hill on that road. And I remember trying to drive up the hill in my car just all of a sudden sliding backwards down it while I'm trying to drive up the hill. And I was like, I think I might need to slowly back down this hill and uh, <laughs> go another way. Yeah. Yeah. How about yeah. that? Definitely. That's a great metaphor for for magic because I don't know. I don't, I'm not creative enough to link it together, but <laughs> anyways, metaphors, yeah, let's talk about your journey through Legacy and this upcoming leg of the journey that uh, you're you're starting on. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, so for I guess I should probably explain it because understandably not everyone who listens to this cast reads uh, my articles. So uh, I started a new column last week called Legacy Hero. Uh, I normally write the Hope Eternal column, which I'm still going to be doing uh, as much as I can. Uh but uh, Legacy Hero is going to be my way of helping people get into the world's best magic format. 
by letting people vote on a budget and then a starting budget and a monthly budget and even put in their two cents on what kind of deck I should play. And I'm just going to start playing uh, every week uh, on the list that we decide, making improvements slowly, and it culminates in me taking the deck to GP Vegas. Yeah, you definitely uh, put in quite the uh, commitment with this. I'm I'm quite impressed. Not only are you going to be writing an additional article each week, um, you're also committing to uh, playing Magic every week. Yeah, it, I mean, I normally do anyway. If anyone here thinks that Aaron uh, would let me get away without, I let me put it this way: I've had pneumonia the the past few weeks, and every time I've been like, you know, I don't think I'm up for going to Magic because you know I have pneumonia. He's like, are you sure? I think you should go. Like, I have pneumonia. So uh, now that I'm doing better, I don't think he's going to let me have any excuse to miss anyway. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day, and we definitely will be at Legacy tomorrow night. So, <laughs> oh man, that's the dream. Couples Legacy on Valentine's Day. Well, the couples that game together stay together. That's just a well-known fact. You mean true. we did meet at a Legacy tournament three days after Valentine's Day? So if you really think about it, we're just kind of like celebrating uh, our love and how we met. <laughs> oh man, fit like that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a story to tell your grandkids <laughs> oh god uh, for those of you who don't know the full story I literally I played against him he swears he wasn't hitting on me he was um, and I was really nervous and I wanted to give him my business card and I wrote on the back text me sometime and I was just going to give it to him and then kind of like run away and leave uh, at the end of the day but when my ride decided it was time to go Aaron made the really annoying life choice of having to go to the bathroom. So I had to wait for him to come out of the bathroom and then hand him the business card. But I forgot to think about what I was going to say. So I said exactly what I wrote on the business card. Text me sometime. <laughs> Very good Not called. This is the 21st century. We're all about texting in our, in our romance these days. But hey, here we are three years later. We're getting married in a few months. So apparently it worked. Yeah, there we go. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Aaron has a uh, reputation as a uh, a brewer in the area, but, uh, you know, what's kind of your history with brewing up Dexcate? So I uh, was kind of nervous to try brewing Dex for a really long time. I, uh, I found the process intimidating. I didn't think I was good enough to brew Dex. Um, and then when I was with Aaron, I mean, anybody who spent any time with Aaron, we'll realize every free second of every day he's brewing a deck. And I, I genuinely mean that. Um, you know, most people, when you get like a break at work or you go to the bathroom, you check Facebook or Twitter or your text messages. Oh, no, not Aaron. He jumps into an app he has where he puts so many deck lists. He's uh, on MTG Salvation. Like he's just constantly brewing decks. And uh, being in that kind of environment is really inspiring. Um, he He's always just like, hey, look at what I put together, like, multiple times a week. He's like, what do you think? What can I do for this? So having that influence in my life really helped uh, make me a little more brave and realize that not every deck I wanted to brew had to be tier one. It could just be something I wanted to play. Um so now I have that same app as him, and I also, uh, not nearly as much as him, because I feel like I have a little more self-respect, 
Um, but I spend a whole lot of time brewing the deck list now. And I think, uh, the big step a lot of people have when they start brew, uh, they want to start brewing is there. I feel like it's, it is an intimidating process. Um, so I think it's really important to like surround yourself with people like Aaron or Jerry who just brew shit all the time. So, you know, that you're not alone. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get those digs in. Thanks. Anytime, Jerry. (laughs) Uh, whenever uh, I start rising, rising too high, you're always there to pop a couple of my balloons. <laughs> I just want to make sure that you know you don't let that ego get too big. Yeah, yeah, you got to keep me in check. Protect me from myself is really what's going on. That's what friends are for. <laughs> um, so you you have a poll on your most recent uh, article. Uh, we'll link it in the show notes, right, Pat? I don't yeah, do any of that stuff. I just tell notes. Pat to do it. <laughs> show fuck notes. Fuck you. You don't tell me what to do, Jerry. I do what I want to do. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. I uh, subtly suggest to Pat, and he thinks he has free will, but, you know, it's all in the illusion. <laughs> uh, so in the most recent vote, you, uh, you had people vote for a starting cost and a budget. And last time I checked the poll numbers, it seems pretty uh, one, one option is yeah. kind of pulling ahead of the others. <laughs> for sure. And there is a third thing I'm asking for people to vote for, but I'm asking them to go through Twitter for that. And that's the hashtag uh, legacy hero with some suggestions about what deck I'm going to play. I think we're going to wrap up the poll before this actually comes out. So I'll have already made a decision on that most likely, but I'll, i probably be looking for feedback on the actual list i've decided on um because i'm sure people look at it and go oh you should just do this make a few minor improvements but yeah right now it's definitely looking like the initial uh deck list budget is going to be 500 dollars, um and the monthly budget for improvement is going to be 50 dollars mm-hmm. i'm or... curious if that's because those are just kind of nice round numbers like I, I wonder how much of it plays into like you know if you had picked like i, I don't know if it was like 250, 450, and like 750. If people would have just gone for 750, because it seems like a, I don't know. It just seems like you know. Do you know I what mean, I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like $500. Option there. Yeah. I I feel 500 is a good option for legacy because 500 is kind of the. It 500 is about the cost of a standard deck. So if you can put together a standard deck. It's a little yeah, high. It's a little high. It's, 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 it's kind of between been... standard and modern. It's like the it's about the cost of like a tier one standard deck. Mm. Uh, standard prices have dropped quite a bit because of masterpieces and a high print level of uh, Aetheripal and Kaladesh. But I mean, it is it isn't significantly out of reach if you can afford a standard deck. Yeah, I feel like at, I'm looking at the top three, the top four standard decks right now. The most pricey is four twenty. The rest of them are like between three hundred and three ninety or so. Yeah, but I don't think saying that five hundred would be out of reach for a standard player for the most part if you're playing one of those, you know, three four hundred dollar decks. Five hundred to go into a legacy deck where it won't all of a sudden become worthless in six months is in, mm-hmm. you know, a huge a huge leap for most people. I'm not saying that you know it's a hundred dollars isn't a lot of money because. It is a lot of money, at least to me, but uh, it, it is, you know, realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I had some people actually tell me that they were upset that it was as high as high as 500 and I should push for it to go lower or include a uh, initial uh, list of cards that most people might own um, in that budget. And I, I've put a lot of thought into it. Uh, since I've been getting so much feedback, but I actually 
don't want to do that. Um, I really, I really want someone who's like a standard player to be able to walk in and say, I want to play this deck and for it to cost what I say it costs. I don't want to assume someone has Zendikar fetches or has Shocklands because they're like, oh, well, a Shocklands only $10. Yeah, but a playset of them is 40 Right, you know, that, that adds up quick. Exactly. So I, I really am going to work very hard to stay as close to that budget as humanly possible. Um, I mean, I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm <clears throat> sorry. I'm going to try really hard because for me... My goal is to, A, show people legacy is something that uh, you can afford, right? If you can afford standard, you can afford legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, my second goal is to show people um, that you can build a legacy community this way. I've written about it uh, within the last month about how to build a legacy community. Um, and I think that's just as important as having a deck, if not more so. Um, and the last thing I want to show people is that you can have fun and do well without it being like a, a tier one net deck. Um, and maybe Jerry should be writing this article because that's all he does. But <laughs> uh, and he's got he's got better luck skills than I do. Um, yeah, Jerry, budgets a lot. All about tier- taking tier one decks and making them worse. That's what he does. Right. Right, but he's got he's got the Luxac skills that I don't have, and I really feel like that would truly help this project succeed uh, <laughs> if I had the Jerry Luxac ability. Yeah, yeah. The other but, nice thing too about making an, uh, a legacy deck, and I know we've kind of touched on this before, but for people who are new to the format, it's the the, the carrot isn't always constantly moving in legacy like it is in standard, right? So like investing three hundred dollars into a deck this month. That's still going to be a deck three months from now when you're putting in another three hundred dollars is really advantageous. Where that is certainly not the case in in a format like standard. Exactly, and I actually uh, a few months ago wrote about why I think now is the best time to actually invest in legacy. I mean, prices are going up, so that's a little bit tough. But uh, modern, oh god, I I don't love modern. I've been asking Aaron for us to sell it a modern for a while because I feel like wizard support for it is just waning day by day. Um, and standard, uh, while great, it still has the problem that it's standard, uh, where you need a new deck every few months. And for some people, uh, that they like playing that way. And, you know, that's their choice. I respect that. But, uh, personally, I can't afford standard, which probably seems weird because people know Aaron and I pay some very expensive decks, but we bought those decks. And now we, you know, we make small changes to them, you know. Ten dollars here, twenty dollars there, and then and then, but we're good, right? Like we have the deck, and it's unless you know, Wizards comes out tomorrow and bans Cloud Posts, and I light their headquarters on fire. <laughs> um, you know, there won't be any issues with us having a deck. So I think that people really need to give Legacy a second chance. I know for a while people were calling it the dead format, but if anything, I think it's the most uh, alive format out of any of them. And it has the most potential out of any of the formats out there um, because it has the most community. It has the most dedicated players and financially it is the most reasonable. Yeah. I think think it's been shown that over time, your investment in a standard format like legacy pays more dividends than an investment in a format like uh, Standard. Like, your return on investment is higher in Legacy than most other formats, which is nice. 
Um, I mean, and it's not even just about a return on investment. Like, you don't have to be in magic to make money, but at no, least no, I'm, I'm you don't sorry. have to worry about like making an investment every five minutes what, either. What I mean is like if your if your investment doesn't always if if your investment is like two thousand dollars and that never has to change that much. Versus your investment in standard is three thousand, you know, is three hundred bucks every three months. Like your investment in, you know, even if you're getting the same return on both, eventually, your standard, like investments, have grown far beyond what your investments in legacy would ever be. And exactly. So, and so your return is still going to be higher. You know what I'm saying? As a percentage of the, of the what you invest in. My point is, is that legacy is a, is essentially a better investment. Although, I have heard a lot of kind of sad things about it being a little bit more scattered and. Um, not as well supported in other areas of the country, but we're lucky. We're lucky in our area, so I think that colors a lot of our opinions quite a bit. Oh, true, a hundred percent. But you know what? After playing MTGO with Erin uh, Campbell on Saturday, I joined her for her stream of the Legacy Challenge and like seeing the um, MTGO Legacy community. I think that there is potential for it to grow countrywide, and I think MTGO, as like mediocre of a platform as it is, is actually a great way for us to help grow legacy because if you get enough people playing online you can definitely turn them around and have them play in your community mm-hmm. yeah totally uh i tried to check out that stream by the way but you were having dinner when i tuned in and i was pretty bummed oh so. no yeah i was only unfortunately able to stay till five thirty. aaron and i had rescheduled dinner plans with his best friend several times so i didn't want to do it again <laughs> fair enough fair enough um, awesome. So, Kate, I had another question for you as far as your methodology when it comes to um, this deck that you're playing. Are you going to play it uh, just like locally in the store? Do you plan on investing in it on Magic Online and, and jamming games there? Is your budget strictly for paper or is your budget for like based on online prices because those can vary by, by quite a bit? Um, you know, are you going to, are you going to split? The the $500 between the two decks? Like, what exactly is your method here for this this deck? So my budget is strictly for paper. Okay. And my reason being because 99.9% of the time, any deck I play in paper will be cheaper online. So uh, I see no reason for me to... uh, And I hope people know that I don't have $500 laying around. I don't have any money laying around. So um, I'm probably going to be using cards from my existing collection to make this deck and using TCG market prices and how I would price cards at work because this is my job where I do price cards for a living and buy cards. Mm -hmm. So I am very familiar with the market Um, and and price them out to, okay, well, I already own a trop and I'm going to play a trop and a trop is worth X and that'll count against my deck budget. I'm not going to go out and spend $500. As for playing it online, um, that's a hopeful um i have i have no money i can personally invest into this project um uh, hipsters uh we do have a patreon right now but we also don't we don't have you know significant funds um where we've reached out to a couple companies in hopes to get some ticks so i can build this deck online and stream it mm-hmm. um as a way to share it with most people as many people as possible i'd be playing the same exact list um and i but i would not count that towards the budget uh, I feel like most people are either trying to save it up to play on paper or online, so I'm not going to try to split the baby and uh, pay for both that way, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Especially since, you know, I mean, an MTGO, we were able to build 12 posts with three candles, I think it was, or four candles, 
for for nothing for only a couple hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So I I know after having looked at the prices that if I put up a deck list that follows the budget in paper, then online someone's definitely be able to afford it for the same price or less. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, now my other question is. Um... Do you have a direction into which like deck you're gonna go? Like I know we, like you and I kind of talked a little bit about the like Blue Red Delver, which I had gone into um, in paper for well, you know, after getting into Burn, um, we I also like suggested like a like a mono black pock style deck, um, like, just like a straight up brew where you can play like sinkholes and wastelands and all that fun stuff. Um, wh- where do you kind of see yourself going with this, or is that kind of uh, you know hidden information that you're not sharing right now? It's not hidden, um, and hopefully it'll be decided by the time this cast comes out, because um, you guys come out on Fridays, which is also when my articles come out. We come out on Mondays. Or Mondays. Mondays. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. I was like, wait, well, that's wrong. But so you'll be coming out after, even better, okay. um, after my next article. So no hidden information. Um, hopefully I'll have announced by then. I'm not sure, though. I keep changing my mind. Uh, I get a lo- I've gotten a lot of feedback. Um, part of me would like to take something that's tier one or tier two, um, and then have the possibility of slowly improving that towards something that's, that's true tier one, true tier two, um, like, or at least a known archetype. Mm -hmm. Like, so if I can make like a budget DNT list or a budget infect list, I've posted a budget cloud post example list of this about a month ago, um, a budget infect list. I have a, a bunch of ideas about where I want to go. I've been getting quite a bit of feedback about where I should go with the deck list. Um, and I'm just kind of quietly waiting to see what happens with that, uh, with what people think I should do. Um, but for me, it is really important to, A, pick a deck that's not already budget, which is kind of why I don't want to play Burn, though I would play a budget Blue-Red Delver list. Um, and it's also uh, why I don't want to play a true Brew, because I don't feel like a lot of people... Uh, are going to sit down and look at Legacy and go, I want to play this like really random crazy brew. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, well, I want to play 12 plus. I want to play Miracles. I want to play Infect. You have an archetype that you want to play when you get into a format normally. And I want to at least pick a known appreciated archetype so people can look at this project and go, you know, I might not want to play Infect or 12 plus or whatever I pick, but I want to play X. And if she can do it with this, then I can do it with that. And it's really about inspiring people and giving them their own route to do the same thing. I just want to show people that it's possible because I feel like right now there's a big wall uh, for people to climb. Um, And I kind of want to take away the intimidation part of of legacy from them. That's my goal, at least. Okay. So one thing I was wondering is uh, with a lot of budget decks, uh, it comes down to... Do you play a worse, cheaper version of a card, or are you going to try and find complete alternatives? Like, if you can't afford Force of Wills, are you going to play Misdirections, or are you just going to try and take the deck in a totally different direction? I think that depends on what deck I end up in. I mean, honestly, I, I, I've I been obviously thinking about this for quite some time. Uh, Legacy Hero has been in the works for over a month before we announced it, because, you know, trying to set everything up with Vegas and all that jazz, wanted to have all my decks in a row. Yeah. Um, But we, uh, I I think most of my my budget cutting is probably going to come down to lands. And 
I've been really thinking about this. I think there are some perfectly good lands that I can use as a swap out that actually won't make as big of an impact. And I'm hoping, praying, crossing my fingers, that whatever deck I end up on, um, I won't have to impact the spells as much as the lands. Because a lot of some of the best spells in Legacy aren't super expensive. Um, and thanks to Modern Masters and Eternal Masters and Conspiracy, we've had some really great reprints that have made things like Wastelands and Show and Tells and Sneak Attacks uh, much more affordable. You know, um, the Soul Lands are still really pricey, but let's not pretend there aren't some like really good alternatives for dual lands out there um so we're gonna i'll see what deck i end up with um i'm gonna i'm gonna try to keep as true to the deck as i can that's my goal because i want people to still be intrigued by the deck list but i also will have a budget to stick to so at the end of the day you know i'm gonna try as hard as i can but i do i still have a budget and and that i can't change Mm -hmm. okay awesome nice i like it yeah. Now, so for the $50 a month uh, that you settled on, um, are you going to prioritize anything? Are you going to, like, save it up? Are you going to, like, spend it as soon as you get that $50? Or are you going to try and, like, build it up and get something more expensive? I know it's kind of hard to look to the future for that, but do you have a game plan for that? I do. I've been thinking about it. Um, obviously, once again, it's deck dependent. But for the most part, I think uh, I'll probably try to make a, 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 prior, a list of, okay, this is what I'm running right now. You know, I'm running this. I need a UC, but I'm running this. I'm running a Shockland, right? Let's pretend that that's the change. So, you know, I'll make a list of all of the changes like that and prioritize them and then put how much they cost. And hopefully, you know, like, let's say I think getting a UC in my deck is most important. I might wait, you know, three, four months to try to get a UC in my deck. Or if, you know, I can't afford Force of Wills or I can only afford two Forces, I might spend and get a Force of Will the first month. You know, it's really going to break down to that priority list, which I'm going to share with people. And I'll probably uh, I'm going to be asking for lots of feedback on this journey. I don't want to take it alone. Um, you know, every week I'm going to be posting, you know, how I did, what my plan is. Um, and I'm hoping that the people reading this will go, oh, you know what? If I were you, I would do this. And so if I'm planning on getting that force of will, but everyone's telling me to save up for the UC, I'm going to wait because, you know, this isn't just my journey. This is a journey I'm taking for everybody. So I hope everyone gives me feedback on how I'm doing what they would do because, uh, you know, it's a group project. I like that. Yeah, that's awesome. I got a plan. (laughs) (laughs) I plan to brainwash into everyone next year. Pro Tour Legacy. (laughs) God, I hope not. (laughs) I actually hope not because that would drive prices through the roof if there was a Pro Tour. That's true. As much as... Yeah, as much as we'd love to see it on the big stage, it it wouldn't be very good for the health of Legacy. No, it wouldn't. But you know what would be really nice? More reprints. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I drink yes, a dream. It would. Um, <laughs> so you're taking deck suggestions on Twitter. Is there any front runners yet? 
Uh, not exactly. I feel like every single person who's tweeted at me has given me a different answer. I, uh, or like <laughs> followed up with me on Reddit or like Facebook or whoever, like whatever you're, you're reaching out to me through. I literally feel like every single person has given me a completely different deck. So absolutely not. I've had someone suggest turbo depths. Uh, I've had, the Pox suggestions, uh, Jund, Dead Gael have been thrown around. Blue Red Delver got thrown around. I just, the list of decks that have been thrown at me could not be any more diverse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've had two people vote for the same deck yet. <laughs> Turbo Depths is like a very sweet deck. I just don't know if it's doable. Um, I mean, I guess if you cut the bayous for. Um, uh, whatever their equivalent is in Shocklands. I'm not sure what that is. Someone sent me a list, um, and if I cut the Tabernacle, um, and I I changed to Shocklands, it that alone would cut fifteen hundred dollars off the deck, mm-hmm. <laughs> and bring it and actually bring it under five hundred. Yeah. Uh, uh, or at least the list they sent me. Uh, but their list is really interesting. Um, so I'm not sure. I, I have a lot of ideas, so we'll see. I'm sure I'll find, I'll find something, um, affordable and reasonable. I mean, I have, I have ideas running through my head 24 seven about this. So I'm sure whatever I come up with and, and I'm going to reach out to Aaron for his help on this since he is the brew master. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it'll be spicy and I'm sure it'll be fun. Um, I'll try to keep Aaron from trying to make it too janky. Oh, that's my only promise. As he sits behind me with his Duretti's and Goblin Welders. So, so I'm looking at I'm looking at the this Turbo Depths deck um, deck list right now, and online it's like for the full deck it's 250 bucks. So that's like super reasonable. Um, in paper, it's it looks like it's around you know 2200, but um, more than half of that is from the from Tabernacle, like you said. That's like 1200 bucks. So like you cut the deck down to about a thousand dollars, you know, if you're not playing Tabernacle, uh, and there are pr- probably like like I said other cuts you can make here. Like the again the bayous could be Shocklands because you're not too worried about that. Um, the Verdant Catacombs could be any other like land that would fetch what black or green. Yeah, Wooded yeah. Foothills or Windswept Heaths or whatever. Um, I think you definitely have like places you can make a few budget considerations that would really get you within that $500 price range. So I mean, I, I don't mean to sway you one way or another, but just I think that that's a very doable deck if you wanted to start with something like that or I mean, there's there's so much out it there. It is that's super fun to play, you know. Right, and it's actually it's like a pretty decent list of like getting you a a pile of cards that are mm-hmm. played in a lot of legacy decks. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's also some like super jank stuff in here for sure, but it does have a lot of things in here that you will find in a lot of legacy decks. So you're not just going out and buying a bunch of cards. You couldn't pour it over to anything else. And that's like another one of my goals. I don't want to give people a list of cards that they can't use. If they're like, end up wanting to play a different deck and legacy. Like I want to get legacy playable cards. Like my goal is to show up to GP Vegas with, you know, a deck within my budget, a deck that's fun to play and a deck that actually has like real at least a few like legacy staples in it 
So if someone went through this on their own, they can at least walk away saying, oh, well, at least I now have a place that a force of wills and a couple caracuses or something like that or some abrupt decays. So hopefully crossing my fingers that this goes the way it planned. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, all right, so moving on here. Um, was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about today? We're kind of running... We're actually doing pretty well for time right now, but... I know, it's shocking. I'm excited for GP Vegas with, with Pat. I'm mad that Jerry's, like, scrubbing out. I know, right? I'm not, I'm not scrubbing out. I'm forbidden from going. Oh, Jerry, you know, what the, you know what? Here's the problem, man. You know what you did wrong? What? You, you I asked, asked for permission. <laughs> it's easier to ask for uh, forgiveness than permission? Is you, that what you're you saying? Beg, you beg for forgiveness. You never ask permission, my friend. <laughs> so I should have just like called out sick for a straight week. I mean, <laughs> I did it recently. Yeah. You got pneumonia. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. I mean, if any of you guys want to just, you know, pay my living expenses for the next year, I I'll gladly quit. <laughs> I'll give you 12 bucks. That'll cover it. <laughs> That'll cover your Uber to work when you're too lazy in the morning to get up in time to get your ass there yourself. I'm not. No, you are painting a very false picture of my morning, my morning habits. Oh, morning really? Habits How? Sleeping in and taking an Uber to work instead of getting your ass up for the train. That's what I've heard. All right. First of all, I would have to take a bus and then a train. That's, oh, that's eh. two connections right there, right there. Uber's door to door, and also I use Lyft. Thank you very much. I uh, I feel Lyft is a more uh, humane company than Uber, so uh, don't don't associate me with uh, with those with those miscreants. You're the one who had told us that it was Uber. I'm just saying. I believe that was on a cast. This might be recorded somewhere. Oh, that's because Uber is the Uber of Uber. I mean, it's like. It, <laughs> Did you like say Scott... Venmo, Venmo is the is the Uber of PayPal or something. <laughs> yeah, that was a callback for those who don't remember. To uh, <laughs> Venmo is the Uber of banking. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, Venmo. But Columbus. Yeah, Uber's like Uber's like Scotch tape. Scotch tape is a brand, but everyone like, oh, hand me that clear plastic tape. No, no one says that. It's it's scotch tape. There are certain brands that have just become ubiquitous that they are just what people refer to as the, you know, proper noun you're referring to. So well, I take Lyft, but I still call it Uber. Well, you can't get upset with us when we are like, oh, Jerry takes Uber when that's what you told us you do. <laughs> true, true. I'm honestly, I'm just trying to deflect everyone's attention. So you know, it's it's a massive red herring. But that's, the fact that's that the you spent like probably way more money than I make in a week on Ubers, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how about this? Your uh, your legacy hero budget should be my Uber budget. <laughs> I that can't way... afford that, Jerry. <laughs> I have a tabernacle in like a month. <laughs> no, that that'll inspire me to like stop taking Uber. I can oh look at all these legacy decks I could have instead. <laughs> You have those anyway, Jerry. What are you talking about? I you work for a financial firm. My pity for you is somewhere in the toilet next to my minimum wage job. Uh, good. Good. I'm, I'm glad the listeners love another reason to hate me. <laughs> you earned it, Hashtag you earned it. You're welcome, Celso. This was for you. Yeah, this is for you, Celso. <laughs> 
in other news, I did just post a poll to the Facebook group for the Leaving a Legacy t-shirts. Yeah, women's shirts. Pretty yes, women's shirts. Isn't uh, I don't know if there's a V-neck. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know if there's a V-neck? What kind of women's shirts don't have a V-neck? Listen, uh, listen. A women's shirt I mean, is just a small man shirt. That's just that's fact, right? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Unless you have boobs, I don't know about. But absolutely not. If I just get a tiny man shirt, I'm going to be very sad. Um, I mean, I'm, so, I'm, I'm looking at the options, and women's tees and women's tank tops look exactly the same to me. Oh wait, nope. There we go. It was just a slow loading error. <laughs> tees and tank tops are completely different. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, uh, looks and like. They why did you not post a black option? Because everyone's There's, got black shirts. Everyone knows what the black option looks like. But also black, like black is like so meh. Like, I mean, we're no, getting colors. The green one is so dope. That olive green. Oh my god. I'm gonna just get a one one of that for myself. I know some of these look pretty sweet. I don't know if we're gonna be able to narrow it down to just one. We might have to do like the top two or three. Yeah, fuck yeah. I'll <laughs> these, look, these look sweet. I like I like the uh, the navy with the white letters mm. and then, like. Uh, red with the black letters also looks sweet. Green with Both white, with white. You get y'all black tees on, all black everything. Black I mean, I think... Card. I think okay, JC. Okay, right. Yeah, we're going to do black with white letters. Uh, black with white le- letters regardless, just because it's the classic look. Can I just say that I got a bad review at work about a year ago where I was told that I was a wannabe goth, and I need to live up to that bad Facebook review. <laughs> All black, all the time, with my oversized flannel that I took from my grandfather. So, do not ruin my look, Jerry. There we go. Uh, I'm sorry to say it doesn't look like V-necks are an option, though. You got you got women's tees or women's tank tops. I like V-necks. V-necks are sweet. I don't feel like getting harassed on Twitch chat when I finally make it to the Pro Tour. <laughs> you don't want to uh, play in the Pro Tour. There's there's a Terrible. there's a unisex V-neck option. No, just get the women's tee. That's way better. Okay. But yeah, so Yeah, all our listeners go on the Facebook group, vote on the colors cuz people are already voting pretty hardcore and uh the votes are pretty close. They're all within uh you know, one or two of each other. Uh Chris said to let you know that black is a slimming color. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also, uh, Sean Calvo is pushing hard for the fuchsia option. <laughs> I will not buy a shirt if they're pink. I'm just letting you know right now. If I get enough stereotyping bullshit as it is. I'm not showing up to a magic event with a pink shirt on. F- <laughs> no. Also, I have warm undertones that are kind of yellowish. That's just going to look awful on me. Clashing. I know you can relate. <laughs> I mean, I'm colorblind, so these options are meaningless to me. <laughs> Which is making me wonder why was I put in charge of the fashion line? <laughs> because because uh, you have passed to me. Just saying. Uh, we just end up in really beautiful black shirts, but it's fine. Yeah, I still have these leftover shirts from the first print run. So if you are a small <laughs> and you want a Leaving a Legacy T-shirt and you are going in the local area. Or you want to pay for shipping? Just let me know, and can you I can just ask why you bought smalls. Have you ever uh, met a player who wears a small? Because I just said when we were ordering the shirts, I uh, get ten of each size, not realizing that each size meant small. 
In the yeah. magic world, I just forgot that small people exist. <laughs> sizest of you. <laughs> I know. So sizest. Hey, I'm I'm right there with them. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it looks like we might have to do two different uh, qualities, too, because it looks like American Apparel uh, doesn't have, which is the most expensive option, the $20 option, doesn't have as many size options as the medium one. They so, with the medium one. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Just, you got to make some, exec- some fucking executive decisions, Jerry. You can't, I, let the, you can't let the public just fucking sway you. Just you could have. You're right. This could all be done by now if you weren't like, oh, like, make my decision for me. It's so difficult. I am decision. listening to the will of the people, Fuck Pat. The I'm people. Sorry. Just do it. Get it done. <laughs> Jesus, we wait for here. Jeez, jeez, just benevolent dictator, Pat. No, don't even be benevolent. Just fucking make the decision. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, all right, sweet. Um, I don't know. Was there anything else we wanted to get into? Or we can get into uh, some scoops. I mean, we recorded an episode like 48 hours ago, so I there's, <laughs> there's no, not oh, much to talk you? about. Yeah, yeah well, because we lost the first recording last week, so we had to record it again on uh, Thursday. Yeah. Oh my god, Jesus. <laughs> and, yeah. and our, our recording on Tuesday was fucking awesome. I know, I'm really upset we missed it. Yeah, it was really good, and so we lost So we lost it, and we re-recorded on, th- on Thursday, and it just oh. doesn't have the same... The second it's time never, you do it, it's not the same. It's just never as good. Also, yeah. what was lost is we talked about in the Hasbro earnings how they separated out their products by gender and how we didn't like that, and then today, Hasbro announced that they're no longer separating out their uh, products <laughs> by gender. Yeah. It's like, uh. the future. My article's coming out tomorrow, and I can't remember what I wrote about. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying it's a it's it's something you feel real uh, inspired about, huh? Yeah, real inspired about. I thought it was a good deck. <laughs> oh yeah, now I remember. <laughs> Hanger back, uh, Walking Ballista in Legacy. Oh, yeah, Walking Ballista seems okay. Is that better than just, than, um... No. Huh? I'm kind of, like, iffy on Walking Ballista. I saw a few of them when I was playing with Aaron on Saturday, and just, like, every time someone played it, it was, like, underwhelming. I was like, oh, look at it, it you paid two mana and did one damage to me. <laughs> isn't it just not as good as Hanger back, Walker? It's, it's I, part of, it's part of a combo, that's why. All right, well, you want to talk so, about it? So it's the walking ballista dead. <laughs> See what I did there? Uh-oh. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Took me 30 <laughs> minutes to come up with that name. <laughs> but uh, basically it's the uh, the Necrotic Ooze reanimator list, replacing Triskelion with walking ballista. Um, so, like, the original combo is Necrotic Ooze, which is two black-black, uh, creature, and it says it has all abilities of all creatures in all graveyards. So the original combo is with uh, Triskelion, which is, uh, you know, comes into play with three plus one plus one counters. Remove The key part is remove a plus one plus one counter to deal one point of damage to target a creature or player, which, surprise, surprise, is also an ability on Walking Ballista. And then Phyrexian Devourer is an old card from Alliances, 
that said, when its power is seven or greater, sacrifice it. That part gets ignored because it's not an activated ability, so Necrotic Ooze doesn't get it. What it does get, though, is Phyrexian Devourer's second ability, which is exile the top card of your library, put uh, X plus one plus one counters on it, where X is that card's converted mana cost. So with Phyrexian Devourer in your graveyard... Uh, you can exile cards off the top of your library uh, as much as you want to make Necrotic Ooze pretty massive. And then using the Triskelion ability, you just remove the plus one, plus one counters and machine gun down your opponent. Um, and But what I basically did is I took the deck and I replaced Triskelion with Walking Ballista. Because Walking Ballista has the same ability, but it also has the ability to add plus one, plus one counters by paying four. And also just... Walking Ballista is actually realistically can be castable in the deck. So, and also it's easy, like Triskelion costs six, Walking Ballista is XX, so you can play an early Walking Ballista out, or if you just really need to get Walking Ballista in your graveyard because you already have the Necrotic Ooze in play, you just cast the Walking Ballista for zero, it dies, go to the graveyard, Necrotic Ooze gets that ability right away. Right. Um, so I kind of went up, so usually it only runs like one Triskelion, one Phyrexian Devourer, four Necroticus. I actually went up to three Walking Ballista, because I think Walking Ballista will also add to the combo being able to kill Deathrite Shamans and Delver of Secrets, which are creatures that can give the deck a lot of problems, either by killing it faster than it can combo in the form of uh, Delver of Secrets, or just disrupting its graveyard with uh, Deathrite Shaman. Okay. Jerry, I'm, I'm not going to lie, man. I fucking tuned out a long time ago. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. It sounds It sounds like you really like it, though. I, I, know, it's, I know it's hard for it you to pay attention right now, beyond, like, Delver Secrets, Chain Lightning, <laughs> Lightning Bolts. I know anything beyond that is hard for you to conceptualize. Uh, I play Chalice and Eldrazi, too. <laughs> Believe I tried, me. <laughs> I tried Grixis Delver before it burned my brain. Uh, believe me, this 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 is this is cool. Also, okay. it's a reanimator deck that's running Ancient Tomb and City of Traders because it uses those to power out the walking ballistas, also to power out necrotic ooze, buried alive. It's like a reanimator deck that revolves around the three and four drop slots. Uh, uh which sounds terrible, I admit. When I say it out loud, it sounds terrible. <laughs> Some great interactions, which are a barrel of fun. This, this, I think Walking to Ballista moved Necroticus Reanimator from a solid tier four deck to like a solid tier two deck. <laughs> Jerry, you're the best, buddy. That's wonderful. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, you're not gonna take down a GP with this, but you're gonna have some fun in an F and M. So every deck you play ever. <laughs> why, why be good when you can just be lucky? <laughs> I can't even argue with you. I can't even argue with you. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my article coming out Tuesday, the day actually now, last week when this episode comes out. <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, but also it runs the Kiki Jiki combo in it too. Get out. Yeah, because <laughs> gets the Kiki Jiki activated ability, so you just. Kiki Jiki in your graveyard, Necroticus in play. On your opponent's end step, you tap Necroticus to make a copy of itself. Put a Necroticus token into play that also has the Kiki Jiki ability. 
So then that token makes a copy of itself, and so on and so forth, until you have infinite necrotic ooze tokens. And then, because it's on your opponent's end step, they don't exile, you get to untap with a literal army of ooze. Hmm. I just want to bury my opponents in a giant blob of death. So it'll be really funny when they have, like, Echoing Truth or All Stars? Yeah, but I mean, like, how many decks run those in Legacy? Like, it's in... I'd say it's in, like, the 1% to 5% of decks. Yeah, well, I play those decks, so there. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, you just got to kill him with the Walking Ballista Phyrexian Devourer. <laughs> it's, I, I mean, I won't pretend it doesn't interest me. It sounds, like, fun. I just yeah. like to give people a hard time. <laughs> Honestly, I really want to put this together, but I don't want to pay for Walking Ballistas right now. <laughs> I can't really blame you. They just seem to get more expensive every day. Yeah, just going to have to wait. Angerback Walker's real cheap right now, so I think Walking Ballista will probably follow the same uh, the same price line. Except Walking Ballista is seeing vintage play. Yeah, but Hangerback, Hangerback Walker was also is also seeing vintage play. That's true. That's true. Yeah. It's always funny when the best card in Standard is not legacy playable, but vintage playable. <laughs> Yeah, I always find that interesting. And Aaron and I, Aaron uh, Campbell and I, were discussing that recently. But it's kind of it's kind of funny if you think about it and makes some sense. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Pat, did you find those uh, meta game? I did. I dropped them in the chat. Um, so last week we talked about Zoo and Blue Red Delver. This week, actually, it kind of is um, quite super timely. fitting. Yeah, we're going to go over 12 post first. Yeah. So, so these <laughs> graphs are pretty cool, Kay. I don't know if you got a chance to sort of go through them, but... Um, I'm scrolling now. Okay, cool. So um, there was a Redditor goes by... Uh, I can't see his name on here anymore. Um, I will credit him in the, in the show notes, but... Uh, this person uh, created a program to scrape data from a bunch of websites, I'm assuming, to get uh, metagame information of legacy decks. They all start from July, from uh, November 2011. They end uh, January 2017. Um, the graphs on the y-axis have the percentage of the metagame that the deck takes up, um, and the x-axis, obviously, is the, is the time passing. Um, and they have, you know, the yellow line is kind of like uh, the... The data set point where you know where each each uh, I don't know whatever segment of time it looks like each month that these are, and then the black line is sort of like that median range where you know kind of the the more normalized uh, way that it's getting crafted out here. So, um, twelve posts is actually one of the ones that we said had um, sort of uh, looks a lot more unstable just as a function of the metagame percentage is only goes from zero to three and a half percent. Whereas, like, uh, Blue Red Delver, which is right above, goes from 0 to uh, 20% on that axis. So um, the swings for, for 12 post are actually, even though they look pretty crazy, they're pretty even keel. They're, they're goes right around 1% of the meta for the most part. Sometimes as high as 3.5%, but for the, for the most part, it's pretty steady. Um, it also has the set releases on this line here, too, which I'm sure you see. But um, Yeah. I am curious to see, when did you start playing 12 post, and can you... Uh, it all like you know sort of what the where legacy was at that time it was around born of the i i'm born of the gods journey 
Okay. So it would have been early 2014 because it was right when Aaron and I started dating because I had been on Affinity and he was like, that's shit, play this. And I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> and I haven't looked back since. I um, think uncoincidentally, right around Board of the Gods is when 12 Post saw its greatest rise in popularity. Yeah, <laughs> which is wicked funny. Um, but you know what? It doesn't surprise me to see it kind of uh, uh, as a low number that goes up and down. It's real good against Miracles, which has been such a big deck the last few years. Mm-hmm. But it's super expensive. I mean, you need a Tabernacle for most lists. You need a Candle on a lot of lists. Like, Mud Post is a little bit cheaper. But, like, Ancient Tombs and Grimodoliths and um, Metal Workers aren't cheap either. So the deck's pretty, pretty pricey. So I'm not super surprised to see numbers look like this. Because while it's a, it's a good deck in in a lot of metas like as if as lands gets better that can be an iffy matchup that's a little more 50 50 but like if you're in a miracles heavy meta it's it's real good but it's still real expensive to build (laughs) yeah also like it's okay for a deck to be expensive if the pieces go into a lot of different decks Mm -hmm. with 12 post you spend a lot of money and you get 12 posts (laughs) hey that's not true i mean a lot of the more pricey pieces depending on like what version you're playing also go into lands yeah but that's still just like one other niche deck it's like i think i think the hard part isn't so much as that it doesn't go into a lot of decks it's that like instead of having a lot of mid-priced pieces where you're like buying like 250 dollars lands it's like you need a 1200 dollars tabernacle (laughs) <laughs> or you need a $400 candelabra. Like, it's not as broken up as most decks mm. are when it comes to expensives, which is something I've noticed while working on my article. I think that's where the real struggle is. Because, like, yeah, Aaron and I got point. lucky where we spent $300, I think, on our tabernacle. But, like, you know, most people are not going to find that. And and that's a, that's a big challenge. Like, it's one thing to have to to save up buying a UC every few months. It's another thing to have to save up for like a fucking year to get a tabernacle. That is a good point. There isn't really any such thing as a budget 12 post list. All the real like Lies. key people keep right. I know there's like, I uh, posted cubes mono green. I'm talking about like an honest to goodness. Like there aren't budget options for candelabras. There aren't budget options for tabernacle. Okay, mages of candelabra is a thing, but I actually... uh, There are good budget options. (laughs) I actually posted what I think is a good budget cloud post list about a month ago in one of my articles, and I think you should check it out. I actually actually will stand by that list and think it's a good list. Uh, I don't... It's not... I I mean, I'm not going to say it's as good as having a tabernacle and candles, but I think it's still good enough to be playable. Yeah. I, can... I think it's better than a Jerry 61 card special. <laughs> hey, my 61 specials, that's sacred. You stay away. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, I think it's a 61 card list. <laughs> yes. As all decks should be. <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? That is definitive proof that Jerry Gate doesn't exist, because if I really did have control of the Magic Cabal, uh, Watsy would change the rules that 61 cards is the new minimum. <laughs> Um, so do you, are we going to go over show and tell? Yeah. Yeah. I, I zoned out a little bit there too. I'm sorry guys. You don't have my, my full attention is not on, on, uh, 
That Sorry, adult we'll what a Luxac Jerry is, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, that adult onset ADHD is really kicking in strong, Pat. Yeah, man, it's brutal. It's brutal. I'm, Dude, I'm, sorry. I'm in the middle of like an 11 day in a row stretch right now, and it's like it's killing me. What and do you mean? You had like snow days and stuff. That's a lie. No. No, I had Thursday off, and I'm like, I'm I work Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and I'm working like the next six days. So how is that an 11 day stretch? Well, because like I guess I guess technically I had Thursday off, Jerry, but like. When I have a day off, I still have to handle my children at home. It's not like I'm fucking sitting home smoking a bunch kids. of weed and jacking off all day. As much as I'd love to do that, I have to wait till they go home to do that. I have to wait till they go to bed to do that, man. I was like, go home. You send your kids home. Get <laughs> out! <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, so the next one we're looking at is the show and tell uh, metagame percentage here. And uh, it takes a pretty huge swing up. Uh, right around Avacyn Restored, which I'm sure we can all guess why, right? Well, Innistrad, really. Well, so, Well, hold on. Wasn't Grizzlebrand in Avacyn Restored? Uh, I believe it was just regular... Uh, yeah, it was Avacyn Restored. Um, but it was... It, it took a huge dip right around Innistrad. Yeah, so what's that from, Jerry? Is that from Delver? No, isn't that when uh, Thingy... Rest that, in peace? No. no. Isn't that when What's-Its-Face got banned? Dick Through Time. No, that was... Yeah, uh, Dick that Dick was we're, that talking or, we're talking original in Estrad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and Shadows was too late. That was maybe like a year ago. I don't know, it all blends together. So, con, <laughs> so, con, so Dick Through Time was in Cons of Tarkir. Dick Through Time and Treasure Cruise were in ta- Cons of Tarkir. And I want to say... Those were banned uh, right around uh, Dragons and Tarkir, maybe Origins. Yeah. I mean, I think you might be right, Pat, because we see this, like, very steady step-off from Innistrad going into Avacyn Restored, where it went from about 6% of the meta to close to zero. Mm -hmm. And I think just all the Delver decks probably played a, a pretty big role in that, because they didn't have Big Daddy Grizzlebrand yet. They were still running on Emrakul and Progenitus, and now these like blue-based, you know, chock full of counter decks had this aggressive threat to pound them out of the format. You know what, Jerry, is interesting is that I'm looking at the blue-red Delver metagame percentage right up like a few posts above that, and that saw a very similar dip um, from around four percent, you know, just under five percent to zero percent in that same time frame. So I'm curious, like as we go through these, it'll be really interesting to see if something really took off there. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, I'm not sure why it went, you know. The animator also took a massive drop in the same time frame. Um, Painter went up slightly. I'm going to keep going down and see if we come across anything that looks like it could have had a a role in this. Um, Natural Order, the Natural Order deck had a huge increase. went from about 1%, well, to about 7% in this time frame. In this beginning time frame, right before Grizzlebrand was printed, correct. Yeah, Maverick, I don't. I don't Maverick feel Natural Order was. Yeah, I don't feel Natural Order was pushing Sneak and Show out of the format though. Merfolk took a huge drop from about twenty percent at Innistrad to about five percent at Avacyn Restore, just under five percent, close to four. So we saw Merfolk, Merfolk sucks. We saw Merfolk take a huge nosedive. There. <laughs> um, yeah. That kind of coincided with Zoo, which we talked about last uh, last week. 
Junk went up quite a bit. Hive Mind. Hive Mind, which is a deck I've never even oh. heard of. Oh, that, poor Hive Mind. That's an increase from 0 to 8%. Poor, poor Hive Mind. Hive Mind's <laughs> great. Looks like Land Still in that same time frame went up to about uh, 9% of the metagame. Um, these are actually really interesting, these graphs, man. There's yeah, a just, lot of data here. There's I would just, love to see them superimposed on each other with each uh, like if line in a different color. If you go to the bottom, they are, but they're But like, there's just too many. There's too many decks. It's completely indecipherable. Um... Yeah, I just, I mean, Affinity took a huge spike from Innistrad mm-hmm. to uh, Avacyn Restored, so... Um, Death and Taxes went up, but that was only up to about 3.5% of the meta. Um, we really have to layer these and have, uh, like, be able to, um, like, normalize the, again, normalize the Y-axis and then color coordinate them better with a graph there. But uh, we can, you know, it's, yeah, you said Affinity went up, but... It's it's pretty interesting. I'm not really sure what caused that. Ant, yeah, that too. that huge that huge dip in sneak and show. But well, like is once... Ant a bad matchup for you? Um, it's not. I would say it's slightly in Ant's favor, but I wouldn't call it a bad matchup. Curious. Because I mean, we have plenty. Like we're running main deck flusterstorms. Like any deck running main deck flusterstorm is not something Ant want, wants to see. Uh, but they might not have even had access to Flusterstorm back then. Uh, Flusterstorm was in Commander 14? 13? Uh, yeah, so that was so this was before Flusterstorm was printed. So Show and Tell did not have access to Flusterstorm yet, so that matchup was probably a little bit worse. So that might have been part of it between Hive... I mean, Hive Mind seems kind of not great for you either. Mm-hmm. Between Hive Mind and Ant? Yeah. I don't, I, I'm starting to think it's not any one reason why Sneak and Show uh, took this massive drop. I think it was just kind of a perfect storm of factors where there were just a lot of decks around that just had good matchups and just kind of forced Sneak and Show out. But what's really important is as soon as we see Avacyn Restore roll around and Grizzlegrand get printed, the graph just goes straight up like a cliff face. Yeah. <laughs> That's a what? <laughs> Uh, turns out Grizzlebrand was a pretty good addition for Sneak and Show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely made it a uh, deck to contend with. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of been wavering ever since then. It's trending downwards. Mm-hmm. But, oh, as we talked about on the last episode, Pat, I, I just remembered this. There is a distinct head and shoulders uh, yeah. te- technical pattern developing in the show-and-tell metagame we, percentage. <laughs> we talked about this in the... In the previous show that didn't get sent, that didn't air, so yes, this is yes. all new. Yeah, great. great. We we're talking talk about you know, in, in in looking at stock graphs, people who are technical analysis uh, focused, they like to uh, just look at the shapes on a graph to see how it might uh, predict the future, kind of as one would look at tea leaves in the bottom of a teacup to predict <laughs> the future. <laughs> I am selling it a little bit short. There is a bit of a science behind technical analysis uh, with stock graphs, but uh, applying it to the actual deck graphs here, uh, this is a bullish sign for the deck that if it mirrors uh, how stock graphs play out, uh, this tells us that Sneak and Show should have a pretty large upswing in popularity in the near future. Yeah, and we all know that, like, uh, you know, 
stocks analysis translates perfectly to Magic the Gathering metagame analysis, right? Uh, it's pretty of much course. an apple apple to apple comparison. It's basically <laughs> the same thing. And by apple to apple, he means apple to Nissan. <laughs> yes, there's a piece of fruit to my car. <laughs> I, I'm actually intrigued. I wonder how much of it 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 it, it would uh, you know correlate. I'm guessing not very much, but I mean, Sneak and Show is on the rise. Sneak and Show is getting more and more popular. <laughs> well, I mean, it's also gotten much cheaper. Like that's the other thing you have to take into account. Like uh, Sneak and Show has been re- or Sneak and. <laughs> Sneak Attack has been reprinted. Show and Tell has been reprinted. So Grizzlebrand and Emrakul both got uh well Emrakul got reprinted and then Grizzlebrand got a promo printing. Yeah, so I feel like that also has a huge, huge thing to do with it. Yeah, that is a good thing to keep in mind as we look at other graphs going forward is when key reprints might have happened mm-hmm. to see how much that would uh, push a uh, deck's popularity. That would be interesting to superimpose on a graph. Like, things that are really bad are really good for a deck, and, like, putting those, like, you know, like, for uh, Dredge, you can, like, throw in Rest in Peace and Surgical when all of those are printed. Uh, for Ant, you know, you throw in, like, when Flusterstorm <laughs> was printed. It'd be, like, really interesting to see that uh separate of everything else even yeah i feel like we should give each graph to the quote-unquote you know guru of the deck and have them just like plug in all the key points of uh interest that they think is affecting the deck's uh performance well tempest is pre uh when this 12 plus deck starts so there's your whole graph (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you know i i I like it i I also like how he does the averages because we see these like massive spikes, but the averages really show a clear picture of its uh, popularity. Yeah, I think that really helps. I'm glad they put that in. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of wondering what the, in Sneak and Show, you know, right around uh, Cons of Tarkir, we see Sneak and Show get an upswing. And I don't really remember anything happening around that time that would cause, oh, wait, yes, I do. Dig through time. That's probably why it it's yeah. probably lump, it's probably lumping in Omni Show in with this data. So that is probably a pretty big reason why uh why uh the show and tell metagame went percentage uh, went up a bit is all the uh, Omni Show decks coming into coming into vogue. I I will definitely put this uh this link in the show notes as well. Um, it's oh Master Artificer. 777 was the one who uh, scraped all this data together, so um, I will put that in the show notes, because they're they, they very interesting, and it's cool if, like, if you play a deck, it's cool to see sort of where the deck has been, and maybe where it's headed. Yeah. Yeah. No, people, sorry, I'm, like, knee-deep in these numbers right now. This is so <laughs> cool. They, yeah, that's what happened <laughs> to Jerry and I. We spent, like, an hour talking about them, and then we're like, oh, we lost the whole recording. Wonderful. Uh, I know we got we got halfway through this list on the recording. Yeah, now, we ended at miracles. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, all that, that awful, all that great, great recording loss. But now we just have uh, something to come back to for episode after episode. Right. And we'll never do more than two at a time because then we'll <laughs> otherwise we'll probably lose recording again. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's move on into scoop since we're starting to go a little long here. Uh, Kate, did you have anyone you wanted to scoop in tonight? Yeah, I, I want to scoop in Aaron and Aaron. <laughs> I want to scoop in my fiance for taking care of me uh, while I've had pneumonia. And I want to scoop in Aaron Campbell because streaming with her on Saturday was so much fun. And 
we're talking about doing it again, and I hope we get to do that soon. We're talking about picking up a deck maybe neither of us know and just, like, bumbling our day through it. Um, and I want to scoop in you guys for having me on here because oh, fun awesome. times. I was going to say, if you want to bumble through a deck, I know a grade-A coin-flipping deck. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I said I wanted to bumble through a deck, not lose my mind. <laughs> uh, what about you, Pat? You got scoops? Uh, yeah, I got one guy. I'm going to scoop in Danny from the Community Legacy League. He uh, puts the league together every week for us, runs the leagues, and um, he is the driving force behind that. Helped, helped uh, yeah. set up a podcast for that <laughs> that we do every other week. And um, just a great guy. And uh, got Card Hoarder on board. They sent us a bunch of bot credits that we can give out as prizes. And, um, yeah, man, it's a lot of fun. Looking forward to the quarterly that's coming up so- shortly. Sweet. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be joining this Wednesday. Yay! Yeah, I will be... I have to do it while I work late. The one day I work late. Uh, also, give give Aaron a cough drop. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I'm going to scoop in, Kate. Thanks so much for coming on. Always a pleasure. Anytime. Yeah, I'm also going to scoop in uh, Sean Calvo because he is my go-to judge. I have a question. Um, I'm also going to give an anti-scoop uh, in to Celso because I message Sean and Celso at the same time. And without fail, every single time, Sean replies first. It's because Celso <laughs> doesn't know the answer because he's a bad judge. Yeah, he's only a, bad... a bear. He doesn't know how to type. <laughs> it's also probably hard for him to type with those bear claws. <laughs> <laughs> He's technically supposed to be hibernating, so you're actually just waking him up. Don't do that. I'm just waking him up and making him angry. <laughs> well, thanks, Sean, for providing me all the answers to make sure that I don't write an article about something that's completely illegal. <laughs> that's, that's my biggest fear. Is that, like, I write this big, long article, go to publish it, and then it's like, that combo doesn't work. <laughs> Uh, oh well, Sean. Sean keeps me safe, and Celso. Uh, I don't. I guess I'm just waking him up. Sorry, man. <laughs> uh, all right, we gonna roll some die. Oh, yeah, I should probably pull up that page. <laughs> Got number three. One, two, three. Sucker for pain from Suicide Squad. Bob Champany. This was requested August fourth. Wow. I wow. actually I really like the song. It's not as good as Heathens, but it's still a good one. Heathens is definitely I don't like Suicide Squad at all. I'm not a DC girl. Uh but Oh, I so wait, really is like it, Heathens. So Suicide Squad is not the name of the band. It's just a sucker for pain from the album for Suicide Squad. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it's Twenty One Pilots is the one. Oh, did they do the whole did they do the whole soundtrack? I don't think they did the whole soundtrack, but I think they did. No, Sucker, Sucker for Pain is by Lil Wayne, guys. Oh, but it's featuring 21 Pilots, right? No, it features Imagine Dragons. Ah, uh, 21 Pilots, Imagine Dragons, they're basically the same band. They are very different. These young whippersnappers. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it also Lil has Wayne and Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. I mean, and Logic and Oh, it also has signs. ex-ambassadors on it. My beard's a free spirit. That I didn't It know. does its own thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, pilots fly and dragons fly, so it's like, it's basically the same thing. Gary, go home, you're drunk. (laughs) I didn't even drink. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Play us out with something sweet, Pat. Okay. Bye. (laughs) No, no, hail Satan? (laughs) Oh, hail Satan! (laughs) Sorry, I forgot. I forgot this week.
That's we would have lost recording if I didn't do that. Exactly. Take my hand through the flame. I talk to you. I'm a slave to your games. I wanna chain you up. I wanna tie you down. I'm just a sucker for pain. I'm a sucker for pain. I got the squad tatted on me from my neck to my ankles. Pressure from the man got us all in rebellion. We gon' go to war, yeah, without failure. Do it for the fam, dog. Ten toes down, dog. Love and the loyalty, that's what we stand for. Alienated by society. All this pressure give me anxiety. Walk slow through the fire. Like who gon' try us? Feeling the world go against us. So we put the world on our shoulders. With my homies, it don't matter, you don't know me I've been rolling with my team, we the illest on the scene I've been riding around the city with my squad I've been riding around the city with my squad We just close to getting crazy, living like this is so amazing Hold up, take a step back when we roll up Cause I know what, we've been loyal, we've been fan We the ones you're trusting Won't hesitate to go straight to your head like a concussion I know I've been busting, no discussion for my family No hesitation through my scope, I see my enemy Like what's up, hold up, we finna reload up Yes, I reload up, I know what up, I know what up I torture you Take my hand through the flame I torture you I'm a slave to your game I wanna chain you up I wanna tie you down I'm just a sucker for pain uh, Devoted to destruction Dosage of detrimental dysfunction I'm dying slow but the devil trying to rush me See I'm a fool for pain I'm a dummy might cut my head off Right after I slit my throat Tongue kiss a shark Got jealous bitches up in the boat Eating peanut butter and jellyfishes on toast And if I get stung I get stoked Might choke like I chewed a chunk of charcoal Naked in the North Pole That's why my heart cold full of sorrow A lost soul and only Lord knows When I'm coming to the crossroads So I don't fear shit for tomorrow and I'm a sucker for pain, it ain't nothing but pain You just fucking complain, you ain't tough as you claim Just stay up in your lane, just don't fuck with Lil Wayne I'ma jump from my plane or stand in front of a train Cause I'm a sucker for pain Used to doing bad, now we feel like we just now getting in Ain't got no other way, so we started and finished it No pain, no gain Never stand down, made our own way Never going slow, we pick up the pace This is what we wanted from a young age No emotion, that's what business is Lord have mercy on the witnesses 